0: To learn more and to claim your company listing, visit agtechcompanies.com.
1: Actually, it was a surprise for us, the client of the hotel, they reached us. We didn't know that we were going to be be installed in a hotel, especially at Tulum. And so that was surprising. But yeah, we are hoping to integrate our system in other hotels, also restaurants. And we also want to do the social impact part, so we are also working and trying to work with government or companies that want to integrate our system as a sustainable strategy.
0: Welcome to the Vertical Farming Podcast, weekly conversations with fascinating CEOs, founders, and ag tech visionaries. Join us every week as we dive deep into the world of vertical farming with your host, how are you doing? Vertical Farming Podcast, season nine. Welcome back, regular listeners, always giving you the high five, the virtual hug. Thank you so much for supporting the show, for sharing it with friends, for sharing it with others in the vertical farming world, in the broader ag tech world. So many great uh, things happening in this space, and I'm grateful to share this time with you week in and week out. If you are a new listener, I wanna thank you, specifically you, for checking out the show. I know you're in the right place because this is the one where we interview fascinating CEOs and founders of the leading vertical farming companies from around the world. I'm your host, Harry Duran, been podcasting since 2014, host of Podcast Junkies, founder of Fullcast, our full-service done-for-you podcast agency. I want to take a second to apologize to listeners and viewers. Last week, we had a bit of a hiccup with our production, and thankfully, our guest, Cody Journal pointed it out to me. The episode was shortened and cut off and I was able to upload it to our hosting company and that's been since corrected. But I wanted to let you know that that is available in full for you to listen to and watch on YouTube. If you specifically are listening only on a podcast app, what you can do is delete that past episode and then re-download it and you'll get the full episode. So please do that if you were listening to it and then wondering what the heck happened. (laughs) I saw even someone leave a comment on CastBox, the app. So it's always nice to know people are checking out the episodes and it's always a bummer when something like that happens. But uh, the show must go on and I appreciate you being patient. With us as we got that fixed. So please check that out. I want you to have the opportunity to listen to that episode in full. Cody's interview was very interesting. We talked about a new topic that hasn't been covered on the show and the work that they're doing, rehabilitating old elementary schools and retrofitting them as vertical farms. And specifically to do that and take advantage of zoning limits and working with communities to actually use that space to the best of its ability. It was really interesting and their background in real estate has them really well poised to succeed in this space. So it's fascinating look into how folks are creating vertical farming spaces and I know you'll enjoy that one. This week we travel to Mexico and speak to Jessica Gomez de la Rosa. She's the CEO of Origins and in this episode we talk about her modular scalable system VPOD the growing interest in vertical farming in Mexico, and the investment opportunities existing in that space as well. We hear how she's been able to partner with several companies to build her system and the businesses, specifically in Mexico, that are interested in their solution. We talk a little bit about a partnership she's built with a hotel in Tulum, the makeup of the team, some of the challenges she's been facing, and what has her excited for the upcoming year. We connected at Indoor AgTech NYC and it's just a reminder of all the great companies that are at those events and I'm looking forward to next year's event and specifically the space that they make available for new and upcoming companies. If you are enjoying this episode or past episodes, please, 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 please leave me a rating because I like reading those at ratethispodcast.com forward slash VFB. I love to read yours out next on a future episode. And as always, remember that these episodes are full of great takeaways and as a listener i want you to focus all your energy on our conversation so rest assured you can always visit verticalfarmingpodcast.com to read the full show notes for each episode which includes all guest links as well okay before we jump into this uninterrupted conversation with jessica here are a few words from the amazing partners that support this show this episode is brought to you by horty agri next november 20th to the 22nd in this first edition of the conference you can expect a vibrant show that will bring together a portfolio of high-level horticulture technology to the Emirates, with the goal of aiding the Emirates to take the next step in becoming more self-sufficient in their food production, aligning with their 2051 goals. The show is expecting 8 to 10,000 visitors over the three days and will include investors, buyers, curious farmers, government officials, university professors, and association members. Booths are still available and exhibitors are welcome. Partners for the conference include the Abu Dhabi Agriculture and Food Safety Authority, Dutch Greenhouse Delta, and... Wageningen University, which will provide a wealth of knowledge and insight. Sessions will include a mix of Emirati and Dutch speakers and will highlight how these different worlds will come together in partnership. Based in Abu Dhabi, the agricultural hub of the UAE, the government's involvement will ensure that companies interested in partnering with the Emirates receive their full support. Co-located with VIV MEA 2023, the premier show in livestock production and animal husbandry, this week will provide a comprehensive look at the entire ag industry supply chain both vertically and horizontally. So Jessica Gomez de la Rosa, CEO of Origins Greener Cities, thank you for joining me on the Vertical Farming Podcast.
1: Hi, Harry. It's an honor to be here with you at Vertical Farming Podcast.
0: So we met at uh, Indoor AgTech NYC, and uh, I understand that wasn't your first conference. You had been to indoor farming conferences before?
1: Yeah, I went on 2022 in Las Vegas to Indoor Agicon. And... Yeah, both were pretty different.
0: (laughs) What do you think if you had to explain to someone the difference between the two conferences was?
1: So the first one about uh, Las Vegas, it's more big, but it's like more focused on big companies. And what I like about the event in New York City is that they speak about real challenges in the industry of indoor farming and vertical farming.
0: How did you find out about the Indoor AgTech NYC event?
1: So I wanted to attend the World AgriTech in, I think it's in California. And I contacted Harry from ReadyThink events. And he told me about this event that is just focusing indoor and vertical farming. So he told me that World AgriTech is very huge. And so he told me that it would be more suitable if I participate because I wanted to pitch, I wanted to participate as a startup. So he told me that it would be more suitable for me to participate and attend to this one in New York.
0: What I like about the Indoor ag tech experience, and this was my second time attending because I went last year and I went this year, I like that they give startups the opportunity to pitch for a few minutes and talk a little bit. And I also like that it's single track. So you're not jumping from room to room. It's the same room and everyone that's yeah attending is there. So that's a great experience and lets you actually see all the new companies. You did get an opportunity to pitch. So I know you weren't given a lot of time. I think you get a couple of minutes, but what was the focus of your pitch at Indoor AgTech?
1: So my focus were about my system, my modular and scalable system that works for vertical farming, indoor farming and like different scales. So it was about that. I've also wanted to represent Mexico and to see that what they think about our system and also to look for investment opportunities.
0: What was the feedback from anyone that you connected with after you gave your talk?
1: So actually there was an investor who talked to me. He was very interested. We are still talking and they were also there people who wanted to know more about my system, how it works, if we manufacture in Mexico or not what we were doing, like all of that stuff.
0: So for the benefit of the listener, can you describe the origin system and who would be an ideal client for you?
1: Okay, so BPOT is actually like a pot. It works like a Lego. It's modular, it's scalable, and it can be adapted to different spaces for growing and producing food almost everywhere, indoors, outdoors, vertically. And our system works for soil substrate and also for as a hydroponic system. So it's basically a pot that where you can grow food, especially green leafy greens, like different varieties of lettuce, uh, rucola, basil, rainbow chair. Yeah.
0: How long have you been working on this project?
1: Like two years almost, a little bit more.
0: And Naturally, because this is obviously a growing industry, not a lot of people went to college to study vertical farming, and and I don't think (laughs) that uh, you did either. So can you talk a little bit about your background prior to starting Origins?
1: Sure. So the path somehow led me to what I want. So I studied environmental and spaces designer. That is like a mix of design, architecture, urbanism, and landscaping. And so the story is that I've always wanted to be involved in something that can make an impact in environmental and social impact. And I was going to like explore the world of landscaping and urban farming. And somehow my current partners invited me to this project where we started doing Green walls and vertical gardens. And then in the process, we find out that that our system is very functional and that we can change the irrigation system. So we did our hydroponic version. So it is the same design, but can also work for hydroponic and drip irrigation system. So somehow I'm doing what I wanted to do. It's not urban farming, but I'm in the innovation industry and I'm doing both green walls and hydroponic
0: can you talk a little bit about those first early days as you were moving from this concept of creating the green walls and obviously with your passion for landscapes and urban farms what was the experience you had when you started to realize that you could actually grow crops with your system
1: oh it was very surprising, actually. And it was very surprising because here at Mexico, there is no information about vertical and indoor farming. The information that you can find is in English, or you can go with Carla Garcia from North Americas, Mexico. I call her the guru of indoor and vertical farming here at Mexico. I think she doesn't know that. But so yeah, when we started, we didn't know about Carla Garcia, actually. Where we started with start researching, like doing some tryouts and it was very exciting. We didn't know what we were doing. Like, yeah, I mean, you know that the world of vertical and indoor farming it's a big world. I'm still learning. And so, yeah, back then when we have our first hydroponic system, we did like a course with Carla Garcia. We met her in that course here at our city in leon guanajuato and we invite her to make that course here at leon so that she can tell us about our system so that if she can approve our system or not yeah so she told us that she liked our system she gave us a little bit of like some comments and some changes about our irrigation system we make those like about two years ago, a little bit more. And yeah, now it works perfectly. And I mean, we're still doing some changes to optimize and to have a better system. But yeah, it's validated.
0: (laughs) What were some of the changes or what were some of the guidance that she provided that was helpful for you?
1: So one of the changes that she told us were about the lamps and the lightening. Also, so we didn't know that the lamps were supposed to be at some point and distance and everything at at that time. And the other change was an accessory that we use for support and also as an irrigation system that were transparent and allows to make a little bit of algae. And so we did the same connector but in black. So that's some of the changes. They were just a few.
0: Yeah. I think what was interesting when we spoke was that the design is different than what we've seen before. And and you mentioned VPOT, and sometimes people may not know what that is, but that it actually is VPOT. And yeah. from the research I've done and what we've talked about, it sounds like it's made, first of all, it's made entirely from recycled plastics, which makes it obviously a sustainable option for urban farming. And that you mentioned Legos, and I think that's a great visual because it's modular and it's scalable to different spaces, which makes it easy for installations on walls and basically any structure, like you mentioned indoors or outdoors, where people wanna grow fresh produce. So what's been the feedback for the people that you're working with about that design? Cause it is different than what, you know, we've seen previously with wall units.
1: They actually liked our system a lot when we were at Las Vegas. So they thought that we were a Dutch company I mean, I think that's a, a good thing, but we are very proud to be a Mexican company and that we designed the, the system and that we also manufacture the system. So I think that's a very good response. We also have different people from around the world, like asking me to grow some things in our system. Some of them are not suitable. So I told them like, okay, no, we cannot grow this. We cannot grow a carrot, for example, in our system. But yeah, so there's a lot of interest in our system also because you can also use subtract and soil and yeah.
0: So can you talk a little bit about the first partners or clients that you're working with and what their experience has been or the type of produce that they're growing or even like the types of locations where they're installing the vPot system?
1: Okay, so we have different types of clients. Our first ones actually were the government of state of Guanajuato. It's my state where I live. So with them, we did like a social impact project where our system is in different communities in the state, like three different communities. We teach the people of the communities of low incomes to grow their own lettuce and to also have some incomes there and so that's our first client then we have another client like different clients that are some families that have screen walls and another greenhouse who where we are doing like a little bit of validations with strawberry but yeah we need another big pot that's another story <laughs> But yeah, and right now we have another client that is at a hotel in Tulum. They have a hybrid project that is natural light and also artificial light. And it's in the, at the beginning of, in the entrance.
0: Have you found a specific type of location or partner where you feel like the origin system makes most sense? You did mention hotels and I think maybe because of, you know, that the way that they're structured and obviously they have a need for a large need for fresh produce do you feel like in terms of thinking about target industries or target businesses that would make good partners for you? Are you leaning towards more hotels, restaurants, or? and are you seeing that the, the system could be valuable there?
1: Yeah. So actually, it was a surprise for us. The client of the hotel, they reached us. We didn't know that we were going to be installed, be BIPOD in a hotel, especially at Tulum. And so that was surprising. But yeah, we are hoping to integrate our system in other hotels, also restaurants. And we also want to do the social impact part. So we are also working and trying to work with government or companies that want to integrate our system as a sustainable strategy.
0: And for people that are using this type of system, given that it's a little different than what they typically understand with hydroponics, Can you talk a little bit about the other pieces of the installation? Because a lot of times, you know, people will have a question about what type of lighting would this be good for? Does that need to be in place? Do you purchase the system together? Are there recommendations that you're making around there?
1: So yeah, so our system includes the whole irrigation system. We do not sell the lamps. We are now using Heart America's lamps. But I mean, it depends on the client. If the client wants to use another type of lamps, It's fine for us. It's okay. And about the use of Bipod. So as I said, it works for different scales. So you can have Bipod at your home or you can have Bipod in an indoor space like shipping containers or a room or you can have Bipod in a greenhouse. So as it's recycled plastics, it's very resistant. The life of the Bipod is like 10 to 15 years.
0: Can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing in Mexico with the vertical farming industry. You mentioned, you know, there's some resources like Carla that are a good voice, but it still seems to be like pretty new and there's like not a lot of companies in the space. I had a conversation with Juan Sucar from, I'm trying to
1: remember. Yep. Verde
0: okay. Yeah, Compacto.
1: I had a conversation
0: yeah. with Juan Sucar from uh, Verde Compacto about his container system. So obviously there's a couple of people doing things in this space and I imagine it's still a small community, but what are you seeing so far in terms of interest from businesses and other people, you know, entrepreneurs as well getting started?
1: Yeah, so we are a few, but the few that the few of us, we are trying to like to build the community here at Mexico, to grow the market, to grow vertical farming here. And we are like just like five companies, I think. Yeah. <laughs> So we are trying to build the community and to also to make noise to grow the market and to people can know the benefits of growing in vertical farming.
0: You mentioned that the Vpod is a modular system. Obviously, that's something you can have in your home or even, you know, as an example, you mentioned the hotel in Tulum. Are you having conversations with people who are looking at it in a bigger installation?
1: Yeah, there's so Mexico is surprising me. There's people very open to like to new things and new technologies about agriculture. So yeah, there are some people in I don't know if you know about Mexico but in Guadalajara, in Monterrey, and other places that wants to build indoor farming and also greenhouses for vertical farming. So there are some projects there. It will be in a long term, but yeah. There's people interested in integrating these new technologies.
0: So the company is relatively young, and I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about your background and a little bit about what you studied and actually how you ended up working on this project.
1: Okay, so I studied environmental and spaces designer. It's a mix of design, architecture, urbanism, and landscaping. I've always preferred exterior and the part of introducing plants in our daily spaces. They had a lot of different benefits and I wanted to do something with that and something that could make an impact in social and environment. So, I started with the world of landscaping and urban farming and Somehow, my current partners invite me to this project where we can do green wells and vertical farming. And I'm doing both right now. (laughs) So somehow I'm in that path and I'm doing like, yeah, I can do also environmental and social impact.
0: So how big is the current team and do you have plans for growing it? You know, what's the potential that you see?
1: We definitely need to grow our team. (laughs) But yeah, we're currently five. There's a mechatronic engineer, uh, another entrepreneur. Both of them are entrepreneur. And Carla Garcia is also helping us a lot. Carla from Hearts Americas. Yeah.
0: For people that don't know a lot about what the investment opportunities are in Mexico, I know that in the States, there's been a lot of concerns with the industry, you know, news about restructuring, aero farms, bankruptcies. You know, a lot of people are wondering where the industry is headed and you know if, if everyone is taking a pause and i know that you're a relatively new company but do you have conversations or have you heard of conversations with people who may be interested in vertical farming in mexico from an investment standpoint
1: yeah so there's interest in investing these new technologies in agriculture but in mexico there's like a little bit more of interest in soil regeneration projects.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a challenge because some of that happens here in the United States because of monocrops, because of you know continuing to grow the same crop on the same land, years and decades, it's damaging the soil. And I think a lot of people have now realizing the harm that it's causing when that happens. And I think there's focus here in the States on projects around regenerative agriculture. and so there I can see how that would be an interest there as well. Do you think that in Mexico, part of it is educating people about indoor farming because I know here, even for myself, you know when I started this podcast, I would go to the supermarket and I would not pay attention to the the lettuce, I, you know where it's coming from and most of it obviously in the states comes from California. of it. And so I'm wondering, you know, if you see some of the same challenges there, because ultimately, if people don't understand the difference between something that's grown hydroponically and locally, you know, they're just going to keep buying the same products, you know, without thinking where their produce is coming from.
1: Yeah, for sure. Some of the reasons is because they do not know about like the benefits of because they do not know about hydroponics. Like they do not know what's hydroponic. That's like the first thing. But yeah. I think that when the investors and people start knowing about the benefits and start to know about the environmental and social and about food security, they will be more curious and they will be like open to integrate this kind of agriculture.
0: I think the biggest test sometimes with these types of projects is if you're able to explain vertical farming to like your family and your friends, because that's something that I've come across as well, because you know I tell people about the show and I tell people about vertical farming and they have this like look in their face like they don't exactly understand and i'm wondering yeah. <laughs> what that experience has been like for you
1: the same but i've also involved my family in what i'm doing because i also bring some of the pots and our system here at home so they are a little bit involved and not as much as me they know about hydroponic they know about some of the parameters and measures that you need to do but just that <laughs>
0: When you think about the opportunities for Origins and different markets where you think the system would be a good fit, what do you think are going to be some of the challenges for you in getting the word out and letting people know? Do you feel like it's maybe just getting to more conferences and demoing the system for people? Is that providing value or other opportunities that you can think of that would be helpful for you to get the word out?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would depend, but so I think it's a challenge, but it's also opportunity for us to open a new market or this market of vertical and indoor farming here at Mexico. I think what we need to do is like noise. As I said, the few that we are here at Mexico in vertical farming, we are like trying to create or build a community to make noise and to make people know about the benefits so that's like one way. I also try to go to events that are of agriculture. And we also are going to launch our hydroponic kit for homes. So I think that will be also an opportunity for us to make noise and to make people know about how you can grow food in hydroponic and in a sustainable way. and produce fresh
0: food one of the challenges that i've seen early on with companies is finding the right people to hire because not a lot of people understand a lot of these systems and what i'm seeing and what i'm hearing in these conversations is that sometimes people don't really need to know specifically about a technology i think what's more important is for them to have a passion and to be excited yeah. and to want to learn and maybe they don't understand hydroponics but because they see what you're doing they see what's happening in Mexico and they see you know that this is an industry that's growing that hopefully that they can work with you and maybe as an intern or maybe part time are you seeing more of an interest in a younger generation in terms of people at least paying attention to topics like hydroponics and vertical farming
1: I think about age would be both so i've heard about like young people who want to know about this world of vertical and indoor farming. But I've also known people that are more older, like really more older, (laughs) that wants to know about this world. So I don't think it's about the age. I think it's about the person, as you say, wants to learn a, a little bit more, wants to have more skills and like just know about producing food in a sustainable way.
0: It sounds like there's more people being curious, regardless of their age, you know, whether it is younger people or an older generation, I think yeah. they're curious, especially when, when you talk about topics like sustainability and, you know, healthier living. And I think that's a topic that's more and more important for people. And I think mm-hmm. I could see as people get older, they probably want to give back and they want to do more for society. So I think that's probably explains why they have more of an interest in that, in those topics. So Jessica, you mentioned the very small community that you have in Mexico that's growing, that's learning more, and you have your other peers and your other owners of vertical farming companies getting together. Can you talk a little bit about what you're doing to build community there?
1: Yeah. So we actually have a WhatsApp group and we also meet each other in different events of agriculture and everything. But I mean, it's, Pretty early, but we want to create like a big community. I think that there's a lot of new entrepreneurs that are doing microgreens and that are trying to do something with hydroponics or vertical farming. So I invite them to join us. And also, I think that the like the person who is also doing this community and helping like a lot is Carla Garcia. I mean, she wants to create this community and to see Mexico growing in this vertical farming industry.
0: It sounds like at some point I should probably reach out to Carla to have her on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I think. So can you talk a little bit about the challenges as a new company with a new technology that you're currently experiencing and how you're tackling those problems?
1: Okay, so one of the challenges is that, because it is a new system, some of them, it doesn't matter and they just want to try out. And there are others that to make the investment, they first want to try out and then like, go to the next step. So for those, especially for greenhouses or big companies, we are open to lend them our system to try out and then we can go to the next step.
0: And have you had a success with that approach?
1: Yeah, actually within a greenhouse here at Mexico. But I'm also talking about other companies, like, for example, in the United States.
0: Okay. Another feature of your system is the fact that it uses recycled irrigation. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's helpful also.
1: Yes, let me explain. So our system, at the bottom, you have the water container where you also put the nutrients. This will go up with a pump, then down as gravity did, and then it will recircle. We did our system like this because we also wanted to be more environmentally friendly.
0: Is that a feature that when people have it installed in their systems, is that something that they appreciate, the fact that it's actually recycled irrigation?
1: Yeah, they like that it is recycled.
0: And I also noticed that you have it in different colors. There's a black and a white. Is there a reason for that? And are you seeing feedback from clients that have a preference?
1: Yeah. So sometimes it's because of the space or the design of the space that it is. But there's also some clients want to prefer the white one because it looks more clean. But some clients prefer the black one. Because they can they they find out that it works better in some places because of the temperature or also because it won't generate algae or like that kind of stuff, our system does not generate like a lot of algae, but I mean it's less from other systems, but with the black one, it produced less,
0: okay. So it seems like you had a great experience at Indoor Ag Tech. Do you have plans to, to be attending any more indoor farming conferences, either in the States or in Mexico?
1: Internationally, not right now, but here at Mexico, there is a big event of agriculture that is called Expo Agroalimentaria in Guanajuato. It's a big one where you can see lots of agriculture products and also you can do the tour of greenhouses with high technology and also using hydroponics and different kind of technology. I think this year they're going to put like a whole of innovation and technology. Right now about the vertical farming and indoor farming it's just me origin and very compact also. Yeah, we are trying to make noise and to open this market. Yeah.
0: It seems like the biggest challenge for you and and a lot of times when people try to understand that are coming from traditional agriculture and it's a lot of it they don't understand because that's all they've known so it seems like that conference is going to be a really good opportunity for you to demonstrate the technology for them to see it to touch it to show them the examples and i imagine there'll be at some point people will be looking for tours of some of these facilities as well but i think Because it seems like it's going to be such a big conference, there's going to be a really good opportunity to get more visibility for what you and what Juan are doing.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, as I said, it's a challenge, but it's also opportunity. And also for me, Mexico, it's been surprising me about vertical farming because there's a lot of people that are interested in this kind of agriculture. And so I was there last year and... There were like a lot of people asking me and like very excited and about knowing what we are doing and how it works and yeah, and the benefits. So the other thing that I wanted to mention is that we're going to be in a booth with one of our collaborations and partners, Itsco. Itsco is a company of seats. They are the main distributors of a Dutch company that you may know that it's Richland so, yeah, we're going to be there in the Expo Agroalimentaria and in, in a booth with Itsco.
0: This is something that I've, that's been coming up a lot for past guests. I always like to ask this to see where you are at as an entrepreneur. So what is a tough question that you've had to ask yourself recently?
1: I think my question of every day is I'm like leading the company to the best path. And like the question that I do myself every day is if we are going in the best path or we are doing the best strategies or do we need to change the strategies or like which part of the team it's more important as to grow. If I need someone in finance or if I need someone in marketing, like which one is, because we are growing. So we need to see like, where is more suitable and where to put our money. And yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, those are very common questions for an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur myself. I think we wear many hats and you mentioned like, you know, finances one day and marketing one day and infrastructure and leadership and team building. And so sales, which is very important. As yeah. well. So I think it's not uncommon to have that question. And I think it's been very consistent, especially for the people that I've had on the show. So, but I appreciate you being vulnerable because I know that being an entrepreneur is not easy. And I think the most important thing to do is really to ask for help. So it sounds like, you know, by partnering with people like Carla and and building that community in Mexico, obviously, you know, everyone's trying to help each other succeed. And that's what's happening in vertical farming. All these companies are working together overall, but because in Mexico, you have an even smaller community. I think the fact that you've created the WhatsApp group and that you're speaking to each other, you know, you're going to have a lot of the same challenges. So it's nice to see that there is a small community there, and that you're supporting each other. Because I think, you know, I can definitely relate in the beginning, a lot of it is challenging, a lot of it is scary. You know, you're not sure, you know, what the next week, month or year is going to look like. So I think the fact that you recognize that as a challenge, that you're also aware enough to ask for help when you need it. I think that's important too.
1: And to have a multidisciplinary team also. I mean to know how to ask for help and but also
0: So I appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey and everything that's happening with Origin. And I think it's an innovative approach that we haven't seen a lot discussed here on the show. I also want to give you an opportunity. And I know that you've got to connect with some of your startups at Indoor AgTech, but I also want to leave space here. And I've been doing this at the end of these conversations. Is there anything that you have in terms of a message for your peers, for your colleagues in the vertical farming industry?
1: Yeah, sure. So I will ask them or invite them to be more open about new technologies. I mean, not just the vertical farming industry, I would say that to people to be more open to new technologies, especially in agriculture. I mean, since the beginning we have found other tools, other technologies, and I mean this is just a new one. And just be open to try out and be open to also help startups and entrepreneurs and so that we can grow this market and this industry.
0: And I think what's also important to add to that, I love the idea of helping out growing communities, and I would encourage anyone who's listening, who's interested in vertical farming, specifically in working in Mexico, I think, to Mm -hmm. connect with that group. And we'll make sure we have the details for the WhatsApp group in the show notes, and then obviously your contact information. But I think it's helpful because you don't want people to feel like they need to start from zero. And if they're doing anything vertical farming, it's growing at a good pace in Mexico and obviously across the globe, but it's probably helpful... If you're doing anything in vertical farming to connect with with, with the the group and all the companies that you're connected with, because I think, you know, there's probably a lot of lessons that you're learning in terms of dealing with companies and educating companies and hotels and businesses, you know, who are learning about vertical farming. So you and the other companies that you're connected with are doing that work. So I think it'd be helpful for people to not lose sight of that and to just make sure that they take advantage of that. And so we'll make sure that that opportunity is there and, and people can connect and reach out to you.
1: Yeah, I think the best way to grow this community is helping each other. And yeah, just grow the community and please feel free to reach me out. And also Carla Garcia and uh, there's also Leo from Karma Verde Fresh. I mean, we are a few, but we are trying to create a community. And I mean, there's clients everywhere so and for all, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs)
0: yeah i think the common message that i've heard across these conversations is that here in the states in english they call this an all hands on deck moment so meaning like it's an important time and all hands on deck is like on the boat like get everyone on on the deck on the top of the boat because like we need everybody we need everyone to do this and a lot of times you know you see that there's a lot of companies and services that com- that you know maybe compete with each other in quotes i'm using quotes if you're listening and <laughs> a lot of times you know people say like i don't want to tell people like my secrets or i don't want to share what i'm doing but i think the bigger picture is that across the world and across the globe we're seeing these challenges about local food systems being impacted and supply chains being impacted and people not having access to fresh food and having to ship food thousands and thousands of miles across the country to get to your plate and we all know that's not sustainable. And I think we're all on the same mission together. So just kind of to echo what you just said, you know, like even if you think there's crossover or if you think you're doing the same thing, there's no harm in having a conversation, seeing what's working yeah. for you, seeing, you know, the challenge that you're having in Mexico and how they're different than what's being experienced in Holland, in, in the States, you know, in the you know Middle East, everywhere you go, everyone's got specific challenges. But we're all sort of trying to solve the same problem. So I think the more of these conversations that we have, the better. So I, I agree with you.
1: In México decimos hay para todos.
0: Yes, there's enough for everyone. <laughs> Perfect. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so the best place to for people to learn more is the, the website, origin.com.mx. We'll make sure we have the link in the show notes. Is there any other place you want people to reach out to connect with you and learn more?
1: There is also Instagram and LinkedIn.
0: Okay, and we'll make sure that we have uh, links to those profiles in the show notes as well. So, Jessica, thank you. I'm always excited when I go to these conferences to learn more about what's happening in the startup space to meet some of my past guests. And now that next time we meet, you'll fit that qualification. (laughs) I appreciate you taking the time and coming on the show. I know sometimes it can be a bit of a challenge to communicate this type of technology through a podcast conversation, but I, I would encourage people to learn more, to visit the site. And I think what's happening in the space is really exciting. And I think there's different opportunities to solve this problem using different methods. And so it's always exciting to see companies trying new things in the space. And I think what you're doing is really interesting and innovative. And I'm excited to watch your journey as well. So thank you for taking the time to come on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Harry, for the invitation. I really enjoyed this podcast. And I also enjoyed the interview. And you asked me... Really good questions that I might think. And yeah, thank you so much.
0: Okay, take care. Thanks again for listening. As always, eternally grateful to my guests for spending that precious hour of time with me and sharing their story. As always, full show notes available at verticalfarmingpodcast.com. There you'll find summaries, key takeaways, and resources mentioned, and also a back catalog of all our past episodes. Special thanks to our title sponsor, AgTech Marketing Team. If you or your team have been struggling to come up with a comprehensive social media marketing plan and don't know where to begin, reach out to them today. With expertise in strategy, paid media, community management, content generation, influencer, and email marketing, their team can have you up and running in a fraction of the time it would take you to hire a full team and at a fraction of the cost. Learn more at agtechmarketingteam.com, podcast production and marketing provided by Fullcast. To learn about the five key pillars of a successful podcast that every business owner needs to know prior to launching, visit fullcast.co and watch the free video. As a reminder, if you've enjoyed this episode or past episodes, do me a favor, leave me a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash VFP. Nothing makes me happier than to read those out on future episodes. And don't forget to tune in next week for a conversation with yet another fascinating leader from the world of vertical farming. Until we meet again, here's to your health. Thanks for listening. To read the full show notes for this episode, which includes any links mentioned in the episode, as well as a full show transcription, visit verticalfarmingpodcast.com. There, you can sign up for our email list to be notified when new episodes are published.